Hello, bonjour, and tancez. Welcome to Episode 2 of Alberta Unbound. I'm Senator Paula Simons, and this episode is called We Must Get Over Ourselves. I've taken that title from something one of our panelists, Dr. Diana Steinhauer, says in this episode because I think it's an apt summary of the theme we'll be discussing in this segment. If you're listening to Episode 2, I hope you've already listened to Episode 1. That's where we began our discussion about Alberta identity and Alberta's root culture, with Dr. Steinhauer, president of Yellowhead Tribal College, and with her fellow panelists, Dr. Jared Wesley, a professor of political science from the University of Alberta, Shannon Stubbs, the conservative MP for the riding of Lakeland, northeast of Edmonton, Omar Mawalam, an award-winning journalist and author, and Doug Griffiths, a writer, lecturer, and former progressive conservative cabinet minister who calls himself a politician in recovery. We recorded this forum well before the days of COVID-19 and social distancing. The panel discussion took place on March 5th, live on stage in the Old Strathcona Theatre District, one of Edmonton's most urban and urbane spaces. But we began this part of our conversation talking about the tensions between Alberta's rural past and its complicated future. Let's start there, with a question from me to Doug Griffiths, a question that resonates as much, if not more so now, as we contemplate a future for Alberta in a post-pandemic world. So I wanted to ask Doug, There are so many divides in Alberta, north-south, rural-urban. You represented a rural Alberta riding. You've dedicated your professional career to talking about the revitalization of rural communities. So as our province becomes more and more urban, how does that change our sense of ourselves as as a community in a province? Yeah, it it actually, um, I I could talk about this forever, obviously, but you know what? In in rural Alberta, I think there's there's frustration and there's anger um, because there's they're <clears throat> they're feeling a disconnection given the shift in Alberta and the way things are changing. They might feel better the last few months, but that won't last very long. <laughs> um, but but you know what? They I think they're they're um, they're they're angry at, because they feel that disconnect and they feel like their lives are changing. Um, I mean, the next book I'm working on is is um, Renaissance of Revolution, the re-rise of, of rural America, North America. And I, revolution is crossed off because they're, from my experience traveling around all over North America, the, a lot of rural communities are feeling frustrated. And they, revolution is, is about anger and about taking something back. And yet nothing's been stolen from them. The world has changed. And so I, I think um, all rural communities across North America need to realize that it's time to embrace a renaissance, a change um, that, that's not going to make their way of life go away. It will make it better. The resistance to the change that's coming um, will make them obsolete. And, and But there's so many people that just want to hold on to the way things were. And I think they're, they're sensing that disconnect in the way things are shifting, and they don't know where they fit in. Um, and, you know, I... I I was in politics for 13 years. I've been through rehab. I'm not going back. <laughs> it's exactly like that. But, uh, that is wrong. But I, I will thought. say that, you know, the, the biggest challenge I think we have that's holding rural Alberta back in lots of rural communities is that that anger is being fed. And that's what's preventing them from moving on and getting, um, moving forward into a, a new economy and a, a new evolution. 
I see, I see Shannon shaking her head, and so <laughs> I would love to get Shannon's reaction to that. Yeah, so um, I guess I'm going to stray off of what your original question was, and I might need help kind of articulating myself on this. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I promised Paula that I'm going to do my level best not to be partisan. No, and I, and I, but I, I, want, I want us, to, I want us to, to debate and to discuss. This um, is good. And, I, and so, I, so I'll demonstrate a side of myself that might not be apparent in the 35 seconds I have to ask a question in QP um, very strongly for the 84% of people in Lakeland who sent me there to do that job for them. Um, I'm a little bit confused, I guess, about this whole discussion because... I, I grew up um, right outside of a very small village called Chipman on a farm, 250 people out there. Then I went to Lamont High School, and and um, but I guess I I've already articulated that I think I, you know, I have a perspective on the country because of my background too, and I think what's actually happened is that rural Albertans and all Albertans have um, like there has been a failure of imagination. And there has been an acceptance of stereotypes about ourselves within our province. And there are stereotypes outside of our province. So I remain, I, I do believe in Alberta exceptionalism. I, but first of all, I would say, so I'm going to try to try to unpack about 18 different things here. I, um, I thank goodness the speaker isn't here. That's why I almost get caught, kicked out over. Um, so, I, first of all, every single province and region is, in this country, is unique. I've been to all, I've been to all the provinces and to half, two of the territories. I mean, they are unique. That is, that is the promise and the success and the blessing and the celebration of Canada. They're all unique and they are diverse. But I believe fervently there absolutely is, maybe not this idea of an individual Albertan. Well, I know there's not an individual Albertan. But I do believe there is an ethos and a character and an imagination that binds all of us because it's what brought people from around the world and across the country to come and build this province. Now, I might get into a, making a case that it would be related to free enterprise principles that attract economic development, therefore provided opportunities. Uh, you know, we could get into that. I, I think that's why. So I do firmly believe there is a, there is an Alberta spirit. Um, but, I myself didn't really picture this one individual archetype Albertan. And I think it is based on this, now I don't know if I'm rambling here, but being, it's the stereotype that we've applied to ourselves and things we don't even know about ourselves. So I represent a riding that goes from Burgerheim to Wandering River to the uh, Lloydminster and down to Paradise Valley. I usually say if you're anywhere in Northeast Alberta, you're probably in Lakeland at some point. Well, I represent a city, Canada's only border city, that is the youngest median age of any city in Canada. And how many people know that the oldest Lebanese community in Canada is north, um, west of us in Lac La Biche, right? And um, how many people reflexively know that the Fringe Theatre Festival is the world's largest performing arts festival on planet Earth? Well, lots of Albertans don't even know that. Um, and I think it's true that there are stereotypes about us elsewhere, and they don't know that either. But I, I think sitting here maybe having imagined that I would be one of the people who would be able to imagine an individual Albertan, I actually didn't because Alberta is much more diverse yes. and comprehensive and complicated and nuanced in all of these ways that I fear we don't even know about ourselves 
And um, that's what makes it difficult for us to tell that story to the rest of the country and to the world. And it's about time we do learn these things about ourselves and we start talking about it unapologetically in all our diversity and all the differences right across the province. I mean, we're a province that has the most protected heritage sites in all of Canada. We're the province that had the first environment minister in all of Canada in the 70s. We've led the continent on environmental policy, going decades back, we can get into some of these things. We've, uh, you know, we we have first of female leaders. The first elected female ever in Canada was in Alberta. It was an alderman in, in Calgary. Um, the first female judge came from Alberta. The famous five got the franchise for other Albertans. Um, we have the first Indigenous senator, the first Métis senator, um, which actually the village of Hardesty, which Doug used to represent, is named after. The first indigenous lieutenant governor, which Dr. Steinhauer is a descendant of. I mean, this is Alberta. And so that's why, um, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about <laughs> us as a province and as a people. But we're doing ourselves a disservice and the country and the whole world if we, um, if we are not talking about the spirit and the ethos of our population and trying to imagine one single person. I'm sorry, I don't know if I, no, any of that well, made I, sense. I, but I think we're what, maybe also doing like a disservice by, by listing a bunch of anecdotes like you just did. And, and there's, there's a lot to be proud of. Oh, no, but I when, you, but when you start to facts. build those, those anecdotal facts into... They're not anecdotes, they're facts. But if you... Okay, but they're anecdotes <laughs> about Alberta, about Alberta history. And you try to build a story about what Alberta is, and if the, if, if the truth doesn't really necessarily add up to them, so, I mean, you brought up Alberta's environmental record. Now, if we were to try to take some anecdotes about good things that we've done environmentally and string them together about an argument about Alberta having a good, strong environmental record, how long before the rest of this, this, this country kind of punctures that story and then points to records that have not been so environmentally friendly. Yeah, because I, I would agree with you, and I think I mean we just closed we're, we're how many that, parks we're living that in real in this, time in this province. We're, right? Okay, I'm not a, I'm a, the provincial government, but we're no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of being yeah, a no, part to, of that. I totally get I'm it. just saying that like I I want to be sincere in how we present Alberta and who Albertans are, and if we want to just like list a bunch of really cool facts about Alberta, that's awesome. But if they don't really add up to a larger truth about this province, such as our environmental record, then are we just lying to ourselves? Well, Is I that the, the disservice? I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that because I think the case I'm trying to make is that I don't think there is an Albertan in a box. That's what I'm. That's just what I meant to say. Right, sure. Now, yeah. I, yeah, I, I am going to. I think everyone here is going to agree that there is not a... Uh, Albertan in a box. So I want to bring in Diana, yeah. who who hasn't had a chance to to speak in a minute here. Um, I began tonight as I as I begin all of my presentations with a land acknowledgement, with saying you know that we're all Treaty Six people. I say that I don't know how much that means. I mean, if we're going to go forward as Albertans, what do we have to do to acknowledge? our treaty obligations and, and acknowledge the roots of this province to their indigenous roots. One very important piece is to become aware and educated about the truth of the settlement of Canada in 
in um, its entirety and Alberta also. What happened that expunged that history and why? And whose purposes did it serve? Why is it that in schools um, nothing is taught about indigenous people, Cree people, Blackfoot people, um, the original peoples of these lands? So those are the questions that have to be put forth and the importance of educating based on the truth. And our voices have been pretty much quelled over the last 150 years given um, settler colonialism, and that has to be unpacked for people as well so that they can understand the truth of um, denialization of our peoples over that history and the violence that occurred as a result of um, that annihilation, that we have really survived a genocide. And that's the truth. And what does that mean? We have survived a genocide, meaning we have been here for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. We have survived an ice age. We have survived a flood. We have survived several uh, what we call renovations of the earth. So we have survived a genocide, which speaks to the resilience. I don't like to use that word, resilience. But the fact that our foundation is based on spirit. We are people who believe in spirit. And that is what has maintained our longevity here and our perspective as a result. We have a message to all of Alberta all of Canada, that we must get over ourselves. <laughs> we must get over uh, the divis divisiveness and um, all of the categories that have been created over time and recognize that we're all human beings. We are all part of the human family and that we, the indigenous peoples, and I don't even like using that word. <laughs> I am from the Nehio Nation. We have welcomed your ancestors to our lands with open arms because we follow the teachings of the original instructions given to us by our creator, which said, these are my children to welcome them. And we did. And we made treaties. So those treaties are still legally enforced. And those treaties were premised on three principles. And they're very, very simple for human people to realize. And this is maybe the story that I want to leave with, leave with you. And that is that story of what does it mean to live in peace, friendship, and respect with one another? That is where we need to uh, bring it forward and teach our children and our future generations because we want to have seven generations into the future. It's because of those seven generations that made those treaties that we are still here as a peoples. And we want to leave something for our future generations, not just our Neheo people, but all of the people of the globe. And so the, that's where we start. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of our podcast, Alberta Unbound. 
the episode we called We Must Get Over Ourselves. In this segment of our conversation, you heard author Doug Griffiths, conservative MP Shannon Stubbs, journalist Omar Mualim, and Cree elder and academic Diana Steinhauer. You'll hear more from our fifth panelist, political scientist Jared Wesley, in our next episode. Thanks to the sold-out audience who joined us at Edmonton's Arts Barns, where we recorded this conversation on March 5th, 2020. You'll be able to hear the rest of our talk over the next three episodes. And if you missed our first episode, who are you calling an Albertan? Well, you should go back and give it a listen. The Alberta Unbound podcast was edited and produced by Ame Charnalia, and the Alberta Unbound live event was produced by Cynthia Wagner, with thanks to the whole amazing team at Fringe Theatre Adventures. I'm Senator Paula Simons. Thank you, merci, and hi hi.